today I'm speaking with mindful millionaire Lisa Peterson. We're talking about our self-image in relation to the wealth and abundance that we have in our life and how we are a construct of all of our past experiences and limiting beliefs and behavior patterns and how to lean into this new version of who we want to be. So enjoy. Make sure to grab the official Not Over Just Different Welcome Pack. It's filled with some of the best tools for inspiring your best life, all absolutely free. Just go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to download yours now. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and welcome to Not Over Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real and candid conversations about everything from health, aging gracefully, relationships and how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the podcast for this week. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about money, but not in the traditional sense. We're actually going to be focusing on our self-image and how that is a reflection of the amount of wealth uh, and abundance that we have in our life. Um, what, who we are now, if we change that, what would that look like um, in relation to, to our abundance and wealth? So uh, help me welcome my guest, the amazing Lisa Peterson. How are you, darling? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So this is, uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into this subject because this is not the usual, you know, let's talk about how we change our vibration to attract more wealth. This is really uh, looking at who we need to become or who who are we now and what we need to do to become that person who can hold the container and the space for the wealth and abundance, you know, all the career, all the vocation, all the calling, you know, that that's coming in. So um, why don't we start with, you know, how do we assess our self-image as to what we look like now? Like how do we figure out, okay, where am I starting from? And then then we'll talk about where how, how do we get to where we want to go? <laughs> because so much of what I teach and have been focused on for many, many years is around money, I found that it is in going into this relationship that we have with money. Like what is that money story that I've been holding on to all these years? What did I get from my culture, from my parents, from my own experiences with money? And how has that come together to form this story that, that identifies who is Lisa, you know, who is Natalie as it relates to money? And the best kind of story I can say with that is we've all heard this idea that a very wealthy person who's self-made, right? They've earned that money. They figured out how to not just earn it, but keep it and invest it. You will hear sometimes them say, if I were to lose it all tomorrow, I have a great deal of confidence that I would be able to build it up again. And people who haven't built well, they're like, I don't get it. You know, it took them all those years to get there. I don't understand. That doesn't make sense to me because they're like, well, if it's that easy, then why wouldn't I be able to do that? Right. And this is when we get into the self-image of how do we see ourselves in, in relationship to creating, saving, and investing money? Like, who are you? And most of us built our self-image based on the past, 
rather than realizing that we could actually write a new story that takes us where we want to go versus dragging all the pain and suffering from the past and thinking that that's not going to affect us. Right. So do we need to be aware of what that money story is for us? And and because, you know, my story is before I even knew there was such a thing as a limiting belief, <laughs> I um, this was 2008, February 2008, we were working with a woman in Sydney and we were helping her film like a little how-to series. And one of the lessons was on limiting beliefs. And she said, look, Nat, I want you to, you know, I need to do this exercise, so I want you on camera. And I'm like, darling, that's great. I go, but I'm a positive person. I don't think I have any limiting beliefs. And she goes, all right. She goes, well, let me ask you a question. Do you have all the money that you want? I'm like, no. And she goes, well, why don't we just try that? That's for, you know, for shits and giggles and see, see what happens. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, of course. And, and my, of course, my background is I'm, I'm one of eight kids. I'm from a country town. I mean, we weren't poor, but, you know, money was always tight. And whenever there was like stress in the household, it would always be normally about money. So I'm, I'm like, right. And I wasn't affected by that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But once I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, now I see it. Now I get it. And I could see after that process, like like dominoes, all these decisions I'd made and all these things that I would do because that was my money story. I'm like, right. And so it helped me to change because I was aware of what it was. Yeah. One of the exercises or a meditation that I guide my clients through is to invite them to return back to the home that they can resonate with. You know, maybe if you moved a lot, you just pick one, but go back to your home that you grew up in, find the room in the home that money was mostly discussed. You know, it might be the kitchen or the den or something. Go there and sit and watch these conversations that used to happen in the home when you were growing up. And all of a sudden you'll start to see these patterns that are probably showing up in your life now that came from these conversations and the way money was thought about and the heaviness or lightness of money. So we want to open up that pathway to say, well, what did happen and how might that have affected the beliefs that I'm holding on to today? Yeah. Before we continue, I want to ask you a, a quick question. Do you find yourself constantly lingering in feelings of lack, especially when it comes to your finances? Almost like the topic of spending money in general makes you squirm. Well, if you can relate, it might just be the warning sign that you need to do a little work on your subconscious mind to overcome those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. That's why I've put together a powerful meditation that you can use to turn those feelings of lack into feelings of beliefs of wealth, increased abundance, and success. So to download this free guided meditation, all you need to do is go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash money meditation. And before you know it, you'll be on your way to living a life only filled with abundance. So I think awareness is maybe the first step going, okay, now I understand why I think this. Or, you know, I used to even, uh, with my ex-husband, we'd be talking about money and then it's kind of getting to this stressful, you know, kind of argument for no reason, except that I realized I was just emulating my parents' behavior because that's what I used to see. So I was just, you know, unconsciously going into that. So we become aware, I go, okay, this is how I'm showing up. This is where it came from. This is great, which for me was a relief. But how do we 
how do we shift into, well, I want to do things differently? Like how do I show up differently in this? Mm -hmm. The thing that's coming to me that's sort of at a meta level that allows us to sort of step out of these stories is to truly ask ourselves, like, why do we think we're here? Or like, what's, what is my big vision for my life? Because for many of us, the thing that we don't realize if we are financially struggling is that we're so in survival mode that we haven't even given us, given ourselves a chance to say, well, what am I really wanting? Is it, is, is what I'm wanting to be like barely paying the bills every month and not having anything left over? So if we can look at the big picture and say, well, I don't know everything, but I do know that I want to have more freedom of choosing how I spend my time. I want to have more time with my family. I want to enjoy the things that I like to do in my work. We set that vision and that vision starts to inform us of what's, you know, what's possible. But then we have to go in and go back to, okay, well, where am I today? What are the things that I think really positively about myself as it pertains to money? And what's all the story that I am repeating on a daily basis about how bad I am with money, how much it freaks me out, how it leads to stress or, you know, or I'm not, I'm not good at it. When I, when I receive it, I self-sabotage and I'm getting, you know, I don't feel like I could stop that because that's been happening. And so we do an inventory of what are the good things that we're telling ourselves about money and what are these stories that we're just like ripping ourselves to shreds about and notice we're good with the good stuff. We're just going to look at the things that are holding us back or the really negative ways that we're talking to ourselves when things happen. And we start to say, well, this is the stuff that is actually, this is how I'm identifying myself. No wonder I can't get to that vision because these thoughts are actually a lot more prominent in my life and affecting things a lot more than I realized. Yeah. I know I used to say things like, oh, money just goes through my fingers like sand, you know, like, and not, but, and, and, and I think too, sometimes what we say is such a regular and normal part of our vernacular that we don't realize what we're saying is repelling <laughs> the wealth and the, and, and money into our lives. All right. So let's say we, um, okay, let's use that as an example. So I was unconsciously saying, you know, money just goes through my fingers like sand. Blah, blah, blah. So how do I, do I just make the decision to stop thinking that or is, are there tools or things that I can use to help to, you know, pattern interrupt myself so that um, when I catch myself doing that, that I can go, okay, now I want to go into a different thought process. Yes. The first thing is, like we said, awareness. The second thing is, is, um, you know, do I want to change? Am I will? Am I willing to go outside of my comfort zone? Because the patterns are so ingrained in me, it means that I'm going to have to face my fears to go to to change it. And and so I think we have to have a honest conversation with ourselves to say, well, does that even like? Am I willing to look at this stuff in a deeper way? Am I willing to question these assumptions? And most of us will say, yeah, you know, like I want that. I'm willing to go. And then we start to move into what are the things that maybe I'm giving myself a hard time about that aren't actually true. Right. Like we're looking for the low hanging fruit where we're just so used to saying these things. But if we were honest with ourselves, it's like, it's not actually that bad. Like a lot of people come to me and tell me that they're not good at managing their money. And then we start getting into it. And I'm like, well, out of the 30 things, you know, that you are telling me about 
15 of those or 20 of those are actually really positive things. You're just focused on the 10. Hmm. So first of all, we've got to be honest and say, well, maybe it's not as bad as the story that I'm telling myself. And we're like, well, what if I said, I'm not bad. I'm actually this. And I start to shift the easy ones all the way into the positive camp. Like this is actually positive. I am managing my money on a monthly basis. I am asking these questions. I do keep, I I do make sure that every month we meet expectations. I have enough to get by. That's something to compliment yourself on. So you're finding the things that you might have interpreted poorly because of past stories. You're changing those. Then ultimately you will come to those that you're like, those are true. Like (laughs) those things are not happening. And this is where the really cool work begins because what we are going to do is we cannot just tell ourselves that this isn't true, that this is, it's positive thinking. And this is what you and I talked about on the podcast for, for my show. It's not just positive thinking. We actually have to start helping ourselves because Mm -hmm. We need to get positive reinforcement. We need to go outside and try things that scare us. And I'll give you an example of what this can look like. Today, I was teaching a workshop about making money fast, like really jumpstarting things. And the reference I used is, is if people have the, the, you know, if you think of it like a faucet, the faucet's kind of been turned off for a while. Like we're talking about those who are like, it's just not coming. I'm like, here's the funny thing about money. We think that we have to go do it, you know, maybe by offering a course or a workshop because a lot of our, you know, my clients do that kind of thing. But I'm like, that's actually a more advanced step. If you've got the the, the spigot is turned off and you're just going to go offer a course and you're not ready to receive that money because you have had not very much experience of receiving money or you, you're going back to work after, you know, taking care of children or whatever it is. I'm like, we have to get the inertia broken and we have to start some momentum. And I saw something happen for my daughter who has now become this incredible Instagram influencer just miraculously. But what was funny is the year before she started doing her Instagram and negotiating with these brands all over the world on these deals, she spent the past year helping us get rid of a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook Marketplace, selling coffee table, selling shoes, selling sporting equipment, selling stuff when she moved out of her house and became a nomad. She was doing this for one year where she would post things on on Facebook Marketplace and she was selling and negotiating on a daily basis. She made over $10,000 selling our stuff and her stuff because I said, I'll split it with you. And what I saw was it got her in the mode of negotiating and asking for money. And it changed the way that she became comfortable. So when these incredible brands reach out, she's like, oh, this is nothing for me. I am good at negotiating. She got experience from that. So what I'm saying is, is right, if we we got to look at where is an opportunity that might um, not be exactly what we want, but it allows us to break these beliefs about ourselves that we're not good at receiving money. The other thing I want to just mention on selling stuff on, on Facebook marketplace is one of the biggest reasons people don't do it is they are afraid of feeling desperate and they don't want their friends to notice that they're selling stuff. And what I say to my clients, I'm like, 
this is a big deal. This is a big belief that we're going to have to get you over before you can actually run a successful business. So let's deal with it on the marketplace before you go try and sell a course for, you know, $3,000, like and not have it take off very well. Yeah. Does that give some ideas? It does. So, so what I, what I hear you saying is that, okay, you, we may be aware of some of the um, things that we have, like not wanting to appear, appear desperate, uh, you know, concerned about what other people think, uh, not really being in a place where we feel like we deserve, we can receive. Um, and so how we get to move through that is to challenge it, not necessarily with, you know, the big things at the end, the, the big dream, but let's challenge it on small things. Let's, let's like, you know, start to challenge the belief, start to build that muscle so that, you know, when it does come to, you know, doing a course or whatever that is, or, you know, asking for that raise or, you know, what that bigger thing is, we feel more comfortable with it because we've got to, mm-hmm. it's like we have to use our our repetitive behavior, hopefully, we can do it repetitively because that's what really does build the muscle. If you do it once and go, okay, I survived, whew, you know, that doesn't necessarily, you know, release that. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. start, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily release it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we want practical experiences that are reinforcing that these beliefs that we've held about ourselves for what feels like a lifetime aren't actually true and that we can actually change for the better. Mm. And I, you know, and in my experience, like I find that, uh, you know, I, there's the big ones. I had like the big limiting beliefs that I was able to, you know, uh, release and, and honestly, like, February 2008 was when I did that first process that we moved to the U.S. in April 2008 and then we did our huge, big, successful launch in September 2008 when the economic crisis hit the planet. We had the most successful week of our entire lives and, you know, Glenn used to joke, I'm like, ah, see, you were holding us back all this time. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. But <laughs> but it was like, no, we were, you know, well, I definitely we felt like I was in that. But even as I go along now, like this is – this was the beginning of the pandemic, you know. Um, I, you know, they had the PPP loans for small businesses and we have like about 40 employees. So we really did need some assistance, you know. And um, I remember when we put in our our application, I was working with a coach at the time and she goes, I, I feel, um, she goes, I can feel there's like a, like a push and pull here around this for you. And I go, yeah, and she she goes, why is that? And I go, well, you know, we're doing okay. We'll probably survive. Like, do we really? Should we take the money? She goes, but you're what you're saying is that your belief is that if you take some, there won't be enough for everybody else. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, she goes, you know, we live in an abundant universe. There's plenty for everyone. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that. But you know, sometimes you'll have, you know, it's it's. It's important to to always be um, aware. I don't want to say vigilant because you don't want to be like, you know, analyzing every thought that you have. <laughs> That's a little way to live. Um, but to be aware of these different things as they come up, I'm like, oh, of course, you know. So, yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. So when you had that big launch, the first big one, and all this money came in, I'm curious I know you had done work on yourself and and that that was reflective in the success, but were you able to hold on to the money? Like what happened 
in the behaviors after the windfall? Like, was it easy? Did you have to do some more work? Um, I mean, I'm always doing work. Like there's always another layer. And even though I'm, I'm like, okay, I feel like I've released this, this belief, you know, another situation will come up and maybe it's not around money, but maybe it's around love or maybe it's around something else, health or whatever, and then it's the same belief but because it's for an, an a, wrapped in a different situation, you kind of don't, you didn't realise that, oh, I haven't completely released that. I did release it in relation to money but maybe not in, you know, in relation to something else. No, we've had great success, you know. We, it's, it's been, you know, up and up. And I think that I always had that, you know, um, that belief that, so, because, you know, Glenn would come home and go, okay, I've got this business idea. I went, ah, oh, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. And he goes, no, 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 you're supposed to be the voice of reason. I'm like, well, what's the worst that can happen? We, we don't, we lose some money. We'll just make some more, you know. He's like, okay. <laughs> so we took a lot wow. of risks. When we, we took a massive risk when we were launching my babies. We, everything was on the line. Um, so, you know, I've always been that person. Like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just make some more money kind of thing. Um, so, and I don't know where I got that from, honestly. <laughs> that was not my upbringing uh, at all. Uh, but I think that when you start to gather enough social proof mm-hmm. that, you know, and for me, like I am a master manifester. You know, everything I look around me, everything that I have in my environment right now is something that I manifested. I was intentional. I, um, and things that were, you know, sometimes outside of my scope and my, of my skill that I've really had to stretch and expand into. And I was able to make it happen. Um, and not me per se, but I was able to bring in everything that I needed to make it happen. So I think the more that I, uh, you know, gather that proof it's like you can do anything you know it's all good (laughs) yeah yeah so cool I love I love just hearing successful people talk about their relationship with money and like what's happened for you and and I would say in my own life my husband and I have had incredible success in real estate and investing and investing both in you know markets and ourselves and I we might not be as big of risk takers in certain intangible things but when it comes to real estate we've taken big risks and it has continued to pay off for us and um and I think it's also about like finding the things that you really enjoy doing that give you that you know greatest euphoria that that cause you to feel like wow this is being created through my vision and through my excitement. And I think that when we're stuck in scarcity patterns, we really do limit the ability of the vision to take hold in our lives. And the idea that the vision can keep growing as we grow is just a magical aspect of life. Yeah. And I think vision is the key. You've got to know where it is that you're going. You know, you got to know mm-hmm. what that end result looks like. And it doesn't, it probably won't look exactly like that when you get there. <laughs> but, you know, having that vision of going, I know this is what I'm moving towards. Um, you know, and, you know, with my movies, it's, it's a lot about what we teach about, you know, having that vision of what that looks like um, and just staying the course. Uh, and I think that, you know, we can have an idea of going, well, look, I want to be wealthy. I want to be financially free. But unless we can say, well, this is what financially free means to me, 
This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. This is why I want this. This is why I'm doing this. That's when, you know, we have all that, you know, that, uh, you know, miracles show up because we, you know, we, we're sort of stepping into that, you know, I'm, I'm open to whatever happens, but this is where I kind of want to end up, you know, and I mm-hmm. think having that purpose is, is important and that, and that service, I think. Yeah. The, the thing that came to me even this morning, cause I'm just coming off of this week long retreat with my community was one of the gals said, you know, I see the vision. I'm a philanthropist. And I was like, oh, that's me too. Like, just like me, I'm a philanthropist. And I, I could feel the expansion. Like, what if I look at my life through the lens of philanthropy? Like a lot of people think, oh, when I have more money then I'm going to go donate money. But what if I say today, no matter how much I'm giving or not giving, I'm a philanthropist. What does my life start to look like from that self-identity rather than the person like I'm an entrepreneur, which is it not as exciting to me as mm-hmm. a philanthropist? You know, So we're playing with these sort of alter egos, if you will, of like, what could it look like? And then that feels really good. Like, yeah. let's, let's bathe in this idea of philanthropy so um so circling back to you know what we were talking about before like you know our self-image who we are now so do we want to decide who we want to be like for me I'm a contributor I like to contribute to projects I like to contribute to and my thing is like I just have to choose a lane I have to pick a lane (laughs) because you know I could contribute (laughs) to a lot of different things but you know for me to make for me to move the needle on something I just have to focus on one thing which you know for me is kids right now but um so yeah do we decide what we want to be and then lean into that I think so like when I watch people tune into what is that calling and it's it's vision with identity connected to it Mm. it's and and it's not right or wrong good or bad or like it's it's just allowing yourself to dream and to say well where is all of this headed And then, you know, in this case of like philanthropist, it's not that everything's being given away. It's that there's a motivation inside of me that's very fueled by being of service to others. And so, you know, could my business actually be more successful through that lens of self-identity than me just identifying as an entrepreneur? And, And it will change over time. But today in this moment, what is that self identity? that would allow you to feel expansive, to know that you're going to have to go outside of your comfort zone. Because I teach about flow, flow science a lot. And what we've learned in flow science is there's four stages. The first is struggle. And a lot of spiritual people have miscommunication around their intuition and struggle. And they think that because they're struggle associated, I shouldn't do this. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. But what flow science tells us that it's if If you're working on projects where there's 100% certainty that everything's going to be awesome, you actually won't go into flow. There needs to be like a 30% approximate chance that you're going to fail miserably. And that is when we activate all these beautiful hormones in our body and, you know, the cortisol and like the stuff that gets us going. So then we, we, the first stage is struggle. Then we move into release. We walk away, we take a shower, we go for a walk. We don't focus on the thing. 
we let the magic, right, of the manifestation of the of the true power of who we are to come through. And then we go back to the work, we go back to the project, and we activate flow, which is when it just pours out of us. The book written is written in a weekend, you know, like <laughs> the idea of the company that we're supposed to be running appears and magically downloads. And then after that, we move into recovery where we just are totally honoring that recovery has its own very, very important role. But what I, why I say that is, is I've found that when we are expansive in this identity, there, we want to make sure that there is some struggle associated, that it's not just a slam dunk because we won't activate the magical powers that are going to come through and show us the way rather than us forcing and like controlling and thinking that it's all going to come from our brain, which it isn't right. Right. The magic of life is going to come from this flow experience. And, and so that that's, yeah. What do you think of that? No, no, I'm right with you because that's the thing. Anything amazing that's happened in my life, anything incredible, I did not do it by myself. And I'm not just saying, and I'm, yes, I have a great team and I've got people around me, but I had, God help. I had universe help. Like I had things drop into place. You're like, dang, all right. Well, wow, that was serendipitous. So that just came out of left field or whatever, but it was what I was asking for, you know, and then, but when you're in flow, you don't get just what you ask for. You get what you didn't realize you needed. You know, you get those things that you go, oh, I didn't realize that was what I needed next. You know, that's when you're in that flow um, and you're able to, you know, release all the the old the excuses and the programs and the behaviors and all of those things, and you can get into that slipstream. That's what I find. That's when the magic happens, you know, mm-hmm. beyond your wildest dreams. Beyond your wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like I'm living that life. And the only time I come out of it is when I enter into a self-image that isn't who I really am. I revert back to those old stories. Mm. And, and then I'm like, wait, that's not true. You know, after a while you start to really question those part of why I think that's helpful in the moment is I can really have humility and understanding of people who get stuck in those places. There's no judgment of it. And that there's another way to lead our lives. There's another way to support ourselves so that we can be in flow more frequently. Yeah. So uh, you are a mindful millionaire (laughs) and you teach people how to become a mindful millionaire. Uh, So if people wanted to like connect with you, Lisa, and reach out and and, and maybe work with you, how can we, where do we need to send them? What do we need? What do they need to do? Yes. So we have a gift that we can give them if they go to wealthclinic.com forward slash vision, then they can download some gifts and meditations. I teach people about money through the lens of chakras, which is helping us to reinvent that self-identification around money. And I also have a book that I wrote called The Mindful Millionaire. We've sold over 10,000 copies. It was published by St. Martin's Press. It explores, helps you to uncover the programming that you've received about money, question those assumptions, and start to be again the new story that will bring you the things that you are most wanting. Mm. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today, darling. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. So great we got to have this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much, Natalie. I really appreciate you and your audience. Thanks for joining us today. 
Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, remember, new episodes are released every Monday morning and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. And don't forget to grab your official Not Over Just Different Welcome Pack. It includes some of the best tools for inspiring your best life, all completely free. Head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to grab yours today. Until next time, remember it's not over, just different. <laughs>